Live from the studios of KVTA, Ventura County's Inspiration Station, this is The Kim Pagano Show. Kim is Ventura County's mom and so much more, bringing value every day in every way. Join Kim and her friends every Saturday as they interview interesting and inspirational guests, everyone from authors and entertainers to doctors and experts. From A to Z, Kim's got you covered. And now, here's Ventura County's mom and so much more. It's Kim Pagano. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Kim Pagano Show, The Brighter Side of Life. I do want to give out our phone number here, 805-419-0008. If you're not already getting our emails in our newsletter, finding out about all our amazing guests and finding out about how you can be a guest here on the Kim Pagano Show, uh, definitely text us at, at 805-419-0008. We are also on our podcast, so after here, if you missed part of it or you want to know a little bit more, definitely download our podcast, and that is The Kim Pagano Show. And of course, we start all of our shows with something uplifting, and today's is I Am Resilient and I Am Strong. And you know what? We all are. We all are individuals doing our most incredible time and challenging, uh, you know, anything that, that walks in front of us. So I hope that that's you, and I hope that that gives you the inspiration to start your day in a positive way. I'm really excited. My first guest, Carla Andrazik, as she is a motivating speaker. She's an author-to-be, mentoring young adults uh, into their empires. And not only that, she's been in the business, um, in the music business, and publishing for a long, long time. But today, Carla is going to reveal the simple word that can shift and transform your intentions into actions, and allow you to finally realize your dreams and your life goals. Let's welcome Carla. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show, and I'm just really grateful uh, to be invited to speak today and share the the message I'm so passionate about with your listeners. I know. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your uh, exciting career with your music. I know that um, we chatted a little bit and some of the people that you really helped publish them, I mean, is incredible. So talk about that. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I mean, that could be a whole nother uh, talk show episode for you, but, um, and how I got into the business was crazy, but I was um, working with songwriters and recording artists, everybody from Barbara Streisand to Kiss. And I got to discover new talent. And um, one of them was my husband. He performs under the moniker Five for Fighting. And um, he's got, he's a Grammy nominated artist, sold millions of records. And so it was really fulfilling and great. And, and I actually believe that my success in that career had everything to do with what we're going to talk about today. I can't wait. Oh. I love it. I love it. So First of all, I love your story. I love, um, you know, where you're going with this. So talk to us a little bit about why you're here. I'm here because I'm very passionate about helping people to become aware of what it means when they say they will try and how much that doesn't work in our favor. And that eliminating that little sneaky little common three letter word that we use all day long can just help you to move mountains 
to have a better life. The big things, the little things. I mean, seriously, your your health, your relationships, your careers, your your um, child rearing. You know, it it it's involved in all of that. And when you take out the try, you just have so much more success. Wow, never really thought of how empower uh, empowering that word could be in so many levels of our life. And so just eliminating the word try. How did you who like what's your passion behind this? How did you your upbringing or who taught you this? Yeah, so I I feel like I was born not trying. Okay. Um Sometimes we're given the option to try and sometimes we aren't. I did have quite a um, an interesting background growing up. And so there were times when I just couldn't try. I had to do to survive. And then again, I just really chose the route of least resistance in everything I do. And when you don't try, that is the route of least resistance. So it just makes my life happier. I'm a joyful person. I don't want to have stress. I don't want to have all this other stuff that weighs you down. So for me, trying does that and not trying just clears the path for me. So that's why I just do it. I love it. Your family, your husband, your children, do you live by this of, you know, I mean, we all accidentally even say try right <laughs> I mean, oh, are you, you, you know like don't try just do right I, mean, I torture you my poor family okay and my girlfriends and my friends you know they'll be saying you know okay I'm gonna let's let's try and get tickets oh no no I won't try we're doing it like everybody self-corrects around me and it's just the greatest show of love for me because they're listening and they're improving their lives. But, oh, yeah, my kids from from babies, they, you know, no, there's no trying. I love. I it. mean, they still do it and I still have to correct them. But 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 it, yeah. it, it, I mean, it really makes such an incredible difference. I mean, talk to us a little bit about, you know, I know that you had a story that you wanted to share. Let's just start off with that. OK, so, yeah, let's get familiar with. um actually physically feeling and thinking about trying, okay? So imagine to all of you listeners out there, if you're sitting in your car, driving somewhere, or if you're at home, wherever you are, imagine if I said to you, right this very second, there is a suitcase with $5 million tax-free cash for you, no strings attached. And all you have to do is go get that money in New York City within 12 hours. That's it. Would you say, well, okay, I'll try and get a flight. I'll try and find a babysitter for the kids. I'm going to try and get the day off work. Absolutely not. You'd be out of your chair already booking a flight or hiring your own private airplane because you're about to be this millionaire, right? you, there would be no try. So you see the difference? Am I going to try to get that money or am I going to get that money? So that's, that's the example that we can use every day. Love that, Carla. I love that. I mean, really, it's such a simple concept. And yet so many people try to lose weight, try to uh, quit smoking, try quit smoking. I mean, there is 
try to get a job, try to make more money, try to, I mean, it's like, try, 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 right? Um, yeah. and, and so what does it actually mean when somebody says they're going to try? Because I'm sure you've figured that out, right? I mean, it's already setting themselves up to be a failure, right? Absolutely. So what it, the dictionary definition of trying, okay, is an attempt or an effort to do something. But really, okay, we're not listening to your show to not learn something, right? We are, what it really means when we say we're going to try is a, I'll maybe kind of sort of do it if I feel like doing it whenever, okay? It's a half-hearted attempt or an effort, okay? So the dictionary definition, attempt or effort, what it really means is a half-hearted attempt or an effort. It means that you're not sure if you want to get something done or not, okay? You're not sure of what you're willing to do. Um, it means that you're procrastinating. It's just another word of procrastinating. So for example, you know, my, my son lives in Texas, but I'm still his mom and I'm still going to bug him. And I said, have you found a dentist yet? And he's like, I'm going to try and call tomorrow. Well, boom, it's not going to happen. He's never right. going to call. Okay. Unless he does it. That's right. right. He's procrastinating. He's just putting it in that list of it's something that I'm going to do like later. Talk to the hand, right? mom, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so trying really means a half-hearted attempt. It's another way of saying procrastinate. We have levels of trying. You can try a little. You can try a lot. You can give it the old college try, which, by the way, was a baseball term. And it means an attempt to do something with very little chance of success. Why, why are we doing that? Right. Wow. Um, it, you know, set yourself up for failure right there. Right. So there's so many reasons why we, uh, what, what it, what it means is not what we think it means. We're being fooled by it. We're leaning on a word that we think we know the meaning of, but, but that's pulling back the curtain and really taking a look at try isn't a helpful word to us. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think we were all taught to try, right? I mean, talk to us about that. So why do we try in the first place? Right. Oh, so, so now we know what it really means. It's not helpful. So why are we trying? Because we're taught to try. Our parents taught us and their parents taught them and the parents before that we're taught to try harder, give it a try, just try it, try your best. Right. And try the peas, okay? So trying the peas is to take a tiny non-bite, a tiny non-bite of something we've already decided we may not like. So it's it's like you're not really having those peas. You can't even make a decision. So try the peas. Committed. We you're even not, say, we yeah. even say to our kids, just try it. You don't have to like it. Talk about yeah, uh, it up. yeah it's really incredible to you but you know the the opposite of that is here eat the peas have the peas taste the peas it's a completely different suggestion and you will receive it differently too with the language of don't try do it I love that I do want to remind anybody that is just 
tuning in with us. Um, we are so grateful that you are here. And of course, uh, you can find us on our podcast on all levels of podcasts and on uh, iHeart, Apple, everywhere, and Stitcher. And of course, we're talking with Carla Andrasik. And we are so excited to talk with her. Um, we're talking about trying. Don't just try, just do, right? I mean, that's really what this whole common uh, conversation is about. So when you look it up, the true meaning of try, what does it say in there? An attempt or an effort. Simply, simply put, a try is an attempt or an effort. And then as we just said, it's a half-hearted attempt or an effort, right? So that's what it means. So, you know, why do we even bother trying? Why do we try in the first place? Because we're taught to try, okay? It's all we've ever known. And we're afraid of failure. We're afraid to jump in and say, I'm going to do this. I'm just, take out the try. Okay, I'll do it. But what we don't understand is doing doesn't mean success every time. Mm. Doing just means you're arming yourself and giving yourself such a greater um, uh, positive outcome, potential of a positive outcome when you say you'll do it. Your brain actually responds differently, okay? The path of trying is this um, really windy, beautiful flowers and park benches. There's a Starbucks on the path of trying where you can sit and have a cup of coffee. You never actually have to get to the end, okay? The path of doing, when we tell our brain we're going to do, there's no trees, there's no benches, there's no side trails you can go on. It's from A to Z. There's an ending. That's when you're going to do. To me, Carla, it's a check mark. I don't yeah. know about you and I don't know about my listeners, but I love checking things off. Done, done, and done. Exactly. Right? And and it's an experience. You're actually creating, you're not, you're not on this maybe journey. You're on a doing journey. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Um, I also want to say, you know, another really big reason that we try is because we, we want to be able to rely on excuses and blame mm -hmm. and to not be held accountable for what we say we're going to try to do. So, you know, if somebody from the office invites you to a fundraiser and you reply with, okay, I'll try and be there. And on Friday, when you get home, you're exhausted and you don't want to go and you don't go because you just said you try to be there. Mm -hmm. And you know, the next day you go to work and you can walk right up to that person and say, well, how was it? Oh, it was great. You would have loved it. You'll have to come to the next one. No problem. But if you say you're going to do something, you are held accountable. And if you don't show up to that party, when you said you would be there, you're going to be met with we were counting on you. We were waiting for you. We we saved a seat for you. What would happen? You know, when you do, you have accountability. Yeah. So talk to us about that. In in that sense, I mean, be honest, right? Just say, you know what? I can't get there right now, or I won't be there. It takes <laughs> so much weight off of you, right? 
or I won't be able to go to the, to the store and get you that milk that you needed right now. Not, I will try, you know, because we're really, we're trying to pacify. We're trying to please somebody other than ourselves. Absolutely. I love what you just said, because we're so afraid. I don't know why of saying no, when honestly people respect you more, they appreciate it more when you're honest and just say, you know, I'm not going to make it to your fundraiser. I don't, I'm not really into that charity. I'd love you to keep including me on the next one, but I'm not going and it's gone. It's gone from your mind. You don't even have to think about it again. It's done. It's clear. It's clean. And it's honest. And it's, it's the kindest thing you can do for somebody. So instead of saying, yes, I'll, I'll try and gather some clothes for to donate to the whatever. I'll try and reach somebody on the phone for you. Say, you know, no, I'm not going to be able to do that for you. It's not happening. Yeah. Liberating. I, and, yeah. And not only that is trying is like having one foot in and one foot out. I mean, it really is. It's like, I'll try. I mean, even just when you say that, it's like, not a good feeling. I love that. I know that you talked to me about um, a couple stories that you have actually really helped people do this. Talk to us about that. Well, this is, this is a really fun one. So in, I have a dog and I walk him every morning and then we have a, a local neighborhood park. So I would see this guy walking around the park for months. He had these big gigantic headphones on and I was in the music business. I'm always curious. I wonder what he's listening to. So one day he he had the headphone off and he was fiddling with it. So I, I said, hey, what are you listening to? And he's like, oh, it's a motivational podcast. And, you know, I have such a hard time, you know, following through on things and So I said, so what is it like, what is something that you are having a hard time following through on? And he's like, well, I'd like to go swim. I've been trying to get to the, to the YMCA. I've been trying to motivate to swim. And I just looked at him and I said, how about don't try and swim, go swim. Right. Do it. And he just was like, whoa, you know, I thought either I'm, he thinks I'm crazy and he's never going to come back to that park again. Oh, I call it you as like that angel that came out of nowhere and said, go do it. Right. Go do it. And you know, the next morning, 24 hours later, this is how fast it happened for him. I, I let the dog out of the car and I see this crazy guy across the park, waving his arms. Hey, I didn't try. I swam. I did it. And he's been doing ever since he's changed his life. He quit his job. He got a different career. This guy, we we check in, we become friendly. And so I love that story because it just shows you how instantly you can just, just reverse your direction. And, um, that try is such a gray area. Like you said, you're half hearting it one foot in one foot out. So there's never a reason to try. Um, a really, really sad thing is so many people, you know, weight loss is a really big thing. So here's just a really, um, a visual on, on the difference between trying and doing. Okay. So the person that's trying to lose weight. Okay. They are sticking to a meal plan, 
Okay, they're not deviating. So Monday through Friday, they have their meal plan, they bring their food to work, they're not cheating. They're incorporating a workout plan and they're working out every other day. They're going to the gym. They're doing it, okay? But then on Friday night, when it's a big dinner with friends and the dessert comes around, they say, you know, I'm just going to have a taste of that dessert. I'm trying to lose weight here, okay? So I'm just going to have a spoonful. I used to eat two desserts. Now I'm just going to have a spoonful because I'm trying to lose weight. And then the next morning it's pouring rain and they're supposed to go to the gym and they're like, you know what? I've worked out all week. I'm so tired. I'm going to work out tomorrow anyway. So they roll over and they go back to bed. That's the person that's trying to lose weight. Okay. The person that is losing weight, sticking to that meal plan, working out. And on Friday night, when that dessert tray comes around, they don't even have a spoonful. Right. They don't even taste it. I love it. They're not trying and they go work out no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of you listeners might be thinking right now, but hey, wait a minute, slow down, because they are working out during the week. They are dieting and sticking to a meal plan. You know, they aren't having a whole dessert. They're just having a spoonful. They're they're probably losing weight. So, you know, trying is effective for them. Unfortunately, here's the, the groove kill. Studies show that we try, then we fail, then we try, then we fail, and then we just give up. We know you can even gain more weight back from when you started. If you try, you're more apt to just give up and fail. If you do, you are setting yourself up for success, long-term success. So, you know, to anybody out there, Right now, today, that said, I'm going to try and lose five pounds to fit into this dress for a wedding or whatever it is. Please don't try and lose the weight. You say out loud, I'm losing the weight. I will be five pounds less in a month and I will get into that dress. And your brain and your process is going to take this incredible route and this incredible path to bring you that success that you want. I love it, Carla. You know what? Um, I, I, I want to even take that further. I want to ask all my listeners that are tuning in right now, how many tries do they have to take out of their life? Okay. How many tries, where are you oh. trying and, and change it to doing love it. How do we find you? How do we, um, you know, learn more about you? And I know you're coming back. So this is going to be so much. I can't, I can't wait. I'll have you back as much as you want me. Um, so I have an Instagram account that I'm posting pretty much every day, really inspiring um, examples and visuals. And it's it's just been really fun for me to do that. So I invite you to come look for me at, at Carla Andrasic on Instagram. Uh, I have a website, CarlaAndrasic.com. I'm speaking at the, um, um, it, it's a, a spa relay in Westlake village on March 6th. And it's part of their wine, women and wisdom program. And I mean, what can be better than wine and women and wisdom, right? I love it. I love it. And, yeah. and me, right? <laughs> oh, I so love it. Very cool. Very cool. There. 
I love it. You've given some incredible insight with some incredible tips and we are in the love month, love on yourself. Don't just try to do it, do it. And, um, and take try out of your vocabulary, out of your family, out of your relationships. I mean, you, it's you can, just, you, and just, it, you can make it fun. This is a yeah. really fun thing that you can do. So just enlist people to discuss the word, right? Have somebody monitor you at home or at work, like, and notice, oh, you said try again. You said try again. You can set up a try jar and put coins in the jar every time someone says try and whoever says it the least can take that home. Put, put you know, a, a sign up on your computer or on your mirror in the morning. Don't try it's, it's an exercise you can do, but really um, have fun with it. And I'll leave you with the wise words of Yoda. They're not what you think they are. You know, we all know his do or not do. There is no try. It's what he said right before he delivered that iconic line to Luke Skywalker that I want you to hold on to, which is you must unlearn what you have learned. Love it. Carla, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Kim Pagano Show, The Brighter Side of Life and Business. You're listening to the Kim Pagano Show, The Brighter Side of Life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. business owner or looking to be one, put Littlefoot Construction on the top of your list. Littlefoot Construction specializes in restaurant remodels, tenant improvements, office remodels. Call Littlefoot Construction with all your commercial and industrial needs. Littlefoot Construction works with big or small businesses, or even if it's a dream, Littlefoot Construction will make your vision come true. Call Littlefoot Construction at 805-491-2759. That's 805-491-2759 for all your construction needs. TNT Anger Management Services knows that sometimes we get overwhelmed at work and home with our deadline. Try these three tips to help you regain order and focus. Number one, staying focused on the priority should be your main objective. Number two, we all know the word multitasking is highly overrated, so try to keep it simple. Number three, set boundaries for yourself, eliminating side talk and chatter, which can be really disrupting when you have a deadline. These are just some ways to collect oneself, complete your lead task. For more information, visit TNTAMS.com. Or if you're experiencing a lack of focus and anger, please feel free to call Norman Thatcher, the facilitator and owner of TNT Anger Management, directly, 818-264-6255. That's 818-264-6255, or go to TNTAMS.com. Are you worried your perfect customers are finding you online, then clicking away because your website makes your business look outdated? Imagine this, having a website that reflects your expertise and professionalism. Peace of mind knowing your website is kept up to date and secure. A managed hosting plan, especially for your website. If you're ready to have all that you imagined, visit webweaversconsulting.com for WordPress website packages, maintenance plans, and hosting plans. Webweavers Consulting will make your website work for you so you can focus on making a difference in your own unique way. That's webweaversconsulting.com. 
Are you ready to empower your child with the skills they need to safely enjoy the water? Kim O'Brien with Survival Swim with Kim, Infinite Aquatics, teaches self-rescue swim skills to children of all ages. Self-rescue skills can save a child's life if they accidentally fall into the water. After losing her daughter to drowning, Kim became a certified survival swim instructor to help families in Ventura County protect their children. Survival Swim with Kim teaches kids six months and up how to roll and float independently. Don't wait. Check out survivalswimwithkim.com. That's survivalswimwithkim.com or call Kim at 805-620-7177. That's 805-620-7177. Manhattan of Camarillo, located in the heart of the beautiful Santa Rosa Valley, is a locally owned, multi-regional, classic Italian restaurant with an extensive wine list. You'll be greeted with warm, friendly, attentive service. Wednesday evenings from 3 to 8 p.m., Manhattan of Camarillo offers a signature three-course menu for $25. For a bit more casual atmosphere, check out Trivia Thursdays in their beer garden with a full bar and craft beer selections. If you're into live music, come see some of Ventura County's premier local talent where you can dance the night away on a large dance floor. Manhattan of Camarillo's private wine and banquet room holds up to 40 people. Make your reservations today or book your next private party. Dinner is served Tuesday through Saturday with easy access off the 101 at Pleasant Valley Road. Call today for a reservation at 805-388-5550. That's 805-388-5550. Or go to themanhattanofcamarillo.com. Now, back to the Kim Pagano Show. Finally, on KVTA. Welcome back, everyone. And again, thank you so much for being here. And of course, I'm excited to bring our next guest on, Kevin Spark. And of course, we all wear masks. Which one is yours? That's the question being asked by many people after reading Kevin Spark's debut, a novel and psychological thriller, Id. Let's Welcome, Kevin. Oh, hi, Kim. It's a, it's an absolute pleasure, and thanks for um, for having me on. <laughs> yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, and of course, pre-book, and then how you came up with this name, ID. Okay, the name of your book, which I can't wait to hear. What does that stand for? ID. Well, ID, it is part of um, the sort of Freudian theory of uh, ID, the ego and superego. Okay. So it's essentially, I suppose, is our primal drive. Um, the super ego is the thing that sort of regulates his uh, conscience, and our, our sort of um, ego is um, is kind of our, our learned behaviour. So the the story, I suppose, essentially is um, what happens when the it goes completely unchecked. Um, but it's 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 a little bit more than that because the um, I suppose the, the essence of the story because it is quite a, it is quite a complicated. It's, story um and there are lots of twists twists in it but it's it's really driven by uh, this idea that you you can never really un- know what's inside someone's head um and there's always that popular phrase you know uh, assuming or assume makes an ass out of you and me which is true it does if you if you I try love that to saying yes no it's perfect because if you try and second guess what's going on inside someone's head, you're most likely wrong because we all, um, we're all very guarded. We all put up masks, we all put up fronts for to hide our own vulnerabilities. So the only way you can actually know what's going on inside somebody's head is to actually get inside it and have a walk around and experience who they are. So the, 
the story is essentially about um, a sort of psychologist, psychiatrist who develops a research experiment that her, allows her to tap into um, into the subconscious, into the id, to uh, to find out what actually makes people tick. Um, so she's she she sort of devises the experiment which enables her to actually see the world through someone else's eyes and experience it through them within the confines of um, virtual reality. Uh, and then um, obviously when she when she comes back to normal life, you know, it's uh, it's what are the repercussions of doing that? I love it already. I love the story. So you're not a therapist. So what I'm not a therapist. And, no. and so what is it that you are you actually work with? Oh, sorry, I missed that. What would you say? You're not a therapist. So what is it that you do that when you did this before this book? Yeah, well, I still do it, actually. I mean, I, yeah. I work as a designer, stroke sort of advertiser, stroke copywriter, kind of um, essentially a brand strategist, um, which covers a multitude of sins. So I, I, work, I work in the creative industries, but it's, it's really about, I suppose, problem solving and how you kind of distill fairly complex ideas into something that's uh, more manageable. And whether that could be an advertising campaign or a corporate message for, um, I don't know, health and safety for construction or whatever. So it's it's pretty varied. Like at the moment, I'm working for um, a, um, a, a food retailer who's actually launching their product in America. Uh, it's not there yet. Okay. But, uh, yeah. We welcome it. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, sorry. I said we welcome them. Uh, oh, so you like it? It's good. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. That will yeah, be another really conversation. Oh, it's delicious. Actually, it's really good. I've had a few samples. So. <laughs> what was it? Let's hear. Did you say what it was? Yeah, it's freeze dried strawberries. Oh. Oh my gosh, my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's knockout. It's they're uh, really good. Really love it. Love it. Love it. So when and how did you start writing? Um, well, I, I've always written. I mean, I've always told stories, even from being a very early age. Uh, and I think people who work in design and advertising, just through the nature of their job, tell stories because, it, uh, you know, a good campaign essentially is a narrative. Um, even a good design is you're still telling a story of some kind. Yeah. Um it's and I think the difference with um, and I've I've worked in television as well in broadcast, uh, doing a lot of um, sort of graphics. But then I, I also did my own animation series uh, a good few years ago, um, based based on these uh, ir irreverent um, stories called Funny Old World, oh. uh, yeah, which are uh, all very X rated. So you know I won't I won't go on about them. Not appropriate. <laughs> right now yeah i love Not it for your show, yeah. no. so the idea where did it come from for it to come from uh well like i said i, I think i've always been interested in telling stories and it wasn't the first story that i wrote so uh I, I i don't know if you've got some of my background history but i'm sort of slightly dyslexic mm -hmm. so writing i always sort of considered writing to be something of a challenge for myself and and I think, you know, one of the things, themes about it is um, we all 
have our sort of vulnerabilities and we all sort of wear masks to cover them, blah, blah, blah. Um, mine was, uh, is always this thing where you, you tend to sort of think, am I smart enough? Am I, can I do this? Uh, so whilst I was thought I had good stories to tell, I felt the safest way, and this is incredibly naive, I felt the safest way for me to write was actually to do it in script format because people don't speak in a grammatically perfect way. Right. So I thought it was a good way to write, but where you didn't have to be quite as smart or as eloquent as writing a novel. Um, I didn't know anything about writing scripts and know the first thing about it. Uh, so I, I got it horribly wrong. Um, but I enjoyed the process. And I think that's the thing about writing. If you enjoy the process, um, mm. it's something which is sort of quite quite addictive, really. And you'll keep going. And I was lucky enough, as they say, all roads lead to Rome. My flatmate at the time, his sister was working with Peter Greenaway, who uh, was work who knew someone else who knew someone else. And I wrote it as a script. And we eventually got it in the hands of... Uh, Fox Television, and they um, they actually greenlit it. They said, "Oh, we'll, we'll do a deal with you." So mm -hmm. they took it on board, and then sure. through stupidity and naivety on my part, the deal fell through. Partly because of the producer I was working with as well, um, but uh, and it was for a TV movie. And at that time, TV movies were like the sort of poor cousin to um, to film. There's no streaming services, and we're talking quite a while ago. Wow. Uh, and uh, but I've always tinkered with it and it was my wife who suggested writing it as a book. So I I've, I jumped in uh, jumped into it and during the pandemic. So I you never really get a chance to sort of sit down for months on end and just that because bills have to be paid. Uh so anyone who's writing, you know, uh I not only applaud them, I, I think it's um it's it takes a lot lot to do it. You right. Know, How uh, long did it take you to write this book? Uh, well, you know, like it would be years. I mean, you know, the, it went draft after draft. After, like I got up to 13 drafts. Wow. So that's that's a lot. And you you change it as you go along because it's... You reread you it, you rewrite it, you reread it, you rewrite it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and you have to steal yourself to reread it because when you reread your own stuff, you just sort of like it's horrible. You, like, you beat it up, right? Oh gosh, we're the, our own worst critics. So I absolutely. love absolutely. And so, so when the, go yeah. ahead. no, go ahead. I was just going to say when the pandemic hit, we're all in lockdown. So I didn't have any work, and I just thought, well, this is you can either use the time or not. Um, so I sat down and for six months just head down and got it done. That's beautiful. You know, it, it's funny. I was just saying this to another guest that the good things that came out of the pandemic is we can talk to people from all over the world, first of all. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. every job can be from on the Zoom and be able to be anywhere. And it's basically like God shut us down. <laughs> We were all going 24 seven, God shut us down and said, use this time wisely. And some did and some didn't. And you well, obviously it, did. It's true. I mean, the pandemic had a profound effect on how it changed things. I mean, obviously for the bad people lost their lives and it was, it was really traumatic for a yes. lot of people, yes. but it was remarkable in terms of how it impacted the environment, how it shaped our work culture. Um, and I, I personally have a philosophy, but my personal philosophy is that, every decision you make is a 
is based on opportunity cost. And it's it's like if if you're offended by somebody, you're still making a decision to be offended or not. And you know, it's like it's not easy to do, but you have to sort of catch yourself and think, well, you know, what's what, what you know what, what drives them to do what they're doing? And I think when the pandemic happened happened you know again you can throw your hands up and just go it's the end of the world it's awful this is the we're in a terrible situation or you can think you know i'm you know it's not it's not about you know lemons into lemonade that that sort of thing it's it's a little bit deeper than that because you you think you know you can distract yourself you can use it we all turn, turn around and say oh if only i had the time to do this and yeah well actually you have the time so you can do it the only person who's stopping you is you and, and we are uh, our own biggest Worst enemies absolutely we either say you know it's funny i have a guest that was just on on our show that you're going to be a part of today and um and it's interesting we either say we are going to try or we do and yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the same as what you're saying so and i think <laughs> absolutely and i think working as a designer is one of those areas that you're you develop a level of resilience because you're every day you're putting yourself out there. So you know I'll do I'll do a design or I'll do some illustrations and it could be anything from a book jacket to a uh, a rebrand of a company. But you always get people who who then look at it and critique it and you know that they're not as well versed <laughs> as you are, but they've got the final say and some of them. Uh, they're not trying to be rude or offensive, but the comments they come out with, you think, well, that is a bit rude and offensive. Um, and you just have to take it on the chin. You just have to learn to sort of think, they're not rude people. They just don't necessarily understand the process. Like, I don't understand how to make industrial batteries. So there's no reason why they should understand about branding strategies or communication strategies. So you, you, you develop quite a thick skin uh, and I think that helps you just get on with stuff and do it because you don't feel so uh, offended. You're not offended. You're just another oh, no, Indian. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say so um, so terrified by doing it because as soon as you do anything creative, you put it out there and people will judge you for it. They either say that's good or that's bad. And what I found is uh, people aren't shy in coming forward with their opinions. So you could have slaved over a book for several years, written it 13 times, and you'll still get somebody write a review saying, worst book ever. And you just have to think, okay. <laughs> Not like, for you. You thanks. can't please everybody all the time, right? So only please but yourself. Right. Yeah. And you and, 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 yeah. We're all crazy. At least you read it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So let me ask you, first of all, um, are you going to make a screenplay out of this? Um, book or have you it's well it, it was a screenplay um <laughs> but it's uh it's doing the rounds at the moment so we've got a, a producer on board um and he's uh we've developed it as a pitch deck uh so we're we're taking the book around just to sort of see if people are interested in develop taking it further into a script uh i i don't see it as a film anymore uh, originally, I'd conceived it as a as a standalone sort of ninety minutes to our film, mm -hmm. but I think with the explosion of streaming services, uh, and we have the luxury of that long format, uh, I 
it's more it's been devised as an eight part um streaming tv tv series and let me ask you those are so popular now i love them i could just go right through them um oh are you working on another book i am yeah yeah I... it's <laughs> it's yeah it's a struggle to get the time but i think write, writing like i said it's it's one of those things that if you're if you're writing for profit, if you think I'm you know I'm going to write my way out of poverty, um, forget it. You're not. You know I think um, it's a it, it is something of a lottery. I mean there are millions of books out there. I don't know. Amazon is probably the largest vendor. Uh, I don't know how many books are on Amazon. Probably, possibly in the billions. I, I don't know. It's certainly in the. Yeah like high millions so you think well why would yours float to the top you know the cream floats uh, admittedly but it's also about um, marketing and, and telling people and saying you know kim can you tell your listeners to <laughs> about the book id uh, and you know hopefully they'll be entertained by it and if you're not engaged in that i think social media is great but it's again i think um people are very uh, skeptical of that uh, I think it really it's about recommendations but going back to your question am I writing another book yes I am because I think um, if you like the process of writing you will just continue to keep doing it and mm -hmm. I, I love the process of it it's something it's um, there's for me there's nothing quite like it to be completely absorbed right in uh, in a world that's of your own making I mean it's a little bit kind of well, not a little bit. It's entirely self-indulgent because right. you you get to make characters, kill them off, bring them back. You do what you like. You know, it's. I love it, Kevin Sparks. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't Actually, get I can't get out of my head. Somebody walking around in my head, looking and thinking of what I'm going to say. I love that. You know, I mean, if we could do that, oh God, that's scary. Don't even go there, right? But <laughs> how do my listeners find you? How do they? get your book well the, the book's on amazon but actually my name isn't sparks it's spark there's no s spark. on the end sparks yeah it's spark, it, spark. yeah everyone puts an s on the end they, i don't know kevin really spark. To put an s or an e on the end there it's you go. I apologize. um so you can go to amazon uh it's obviously on amazon you can go to my website which is um kevspark.com uh I'm on Facebook. If if you send me an email on my website, I will reply. Absolutely. Um, Facebook, I'm not really that engaged with it. I I, I think um, Facebook is great for many things, but I think um, you know you sort of look at what's happening with uh, all the CEOs of um, social media at the moment being um, investigated by Congress, and I think there's a really good reason why. <laughs> There you go. So, we won't we won't go in there, but um, Kevin but Spark, I, I so appreciate you being here, and please well, share pleasure, and download our podcast. And um, it was a pleasure to share you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Kim Pagano Show, the brighter side of life. My next guest is Joan Rackett, and of course, she is accomplished animal communicator, TEDx speaker, educator, animal guardian and an author of Emotional Freedom Technique for Animals and Their Humans, creating a harmonious uh, relationship through tapping 
And today we're going to talk to her a little bit about using animal communication to ease the separation uh, anxiety. And after, you know, the pandemic, we were home with our animals for so long. And I have my own animals. And when I get ready to leave or do anything, they're like, are you serious? You're going again? And so I'm excited to talk with uh, Joan and to um, learn a little bit more also about EFT. And, of course, that's emotional freedom techniques. Joan, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, tell us a little bit. uh, So EMT uh, or EFT, I've never really heard of that. I mean, I've heard of that, like the tapping that we use, um, but you also do it for animals too? Yeah, so you know what tapping is? Yeah. Okay, and and for those that don't, um, tapping, EFT tapping is tapping on acupressure points in a certain sequence, and those points are calming points. Uh, in traditional Chinese medicine, you know, acupuncture or acupressure points are used for different things. Some are for stimulating, some are for tonifying, but these specific ones are for calming. And um, they are done in a sequence, and those acupressure points are connected to meridians that are connected to organs, and those organ systems are connected to emotions. So when we tap, it's sort of like we're telling a not-so-great story while we're tapping on feel-good points. So that's kind of the the explanation Mm. of tapping. And so for people, what's that? Yeah. No, go ahead. That's really interesting. Um, so for people, you know, we can easily um, come up with our emotion. And, and well, may, sometimes not so easily, right? We sometimes yeah. don't know what we're feeling. Um, but with animals, the you know, they feel as deeply as we do, but they don't have as many, the, their emotions aren't as complex. Um, and so what... Um, so it, it it just works very quicker on them, so to speak, just because they don't have as much of a guard up. I mean, some animals do, but um, yeah, it's very much a um, a an yeah, easy and, way to get them to calm down. Yeah, and animals are really telepathic, right? I mean, yes. Uh, it's so weird that they they really like. I mean, people say that they can hear or feel the earthquake before we can. I mean, they just have a sense. Well, and also they. Um, that's how they survive is to be connected with each other. So mm-hmm. if you know, while we are sitting here calling each other on the phone and telling a big long story. <laughs> they get a, a quick, like, uh-oh, that's not good, you know, very quickly. Um, so, you know, their t- telepathy is, is very simply how they communicate with each other. Wow, I love that. And and so how do we use the, you know, how do we actually use the um, EFT for our animals? Like, what should we be doing? Well, um, I have a book out called Emotional Freedom Techniques for Animals and Their Humans. And we have, I have in there, you know, kind of sample scripts of what to say 
and then um, sample tapping, the charts of the tapping points. And I have lots of stuff up on YouTube, but basically it's the inside of the eye and the outside of the eye. So let's say you have, you know, is it a dog that you have? Mm-hmm. So let's say you were going to go again and your dog exhibited anxiety. You could tap on the inside of the eye and say, I am so sad. And then on the outside of the eye, I am so sad under the eye. I don't know why you're leaving again. And then on the top of the nose, you're leaving again under the chin. I'm so sad inside of the chest. I get so confused. Then on the top of the head, I don't know what to do. And then if you if you saw that your dog was starting to kind of ease into it a little bit or the eye soften or licking and chewing um, or take a deep breath, then you might turn it around to, I'll be okay. I know she's coming back. So be inside of the eye. I'll be okay. Outside of the eye. She's coming back. Under the eye. She always takes care of me. Top of the nose. I'm always calm. Under the chin. I'm calm. Inside of the chest. I'm safe. Top of the head. I'm always safe. Mm, got it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. That's interesting. Now, so you would absolutely... So you bring in the negative and then reinforce the positive afterwards, right? Yeah, but you know what? I don't know. I don't think there are any negative emotions. I think they are. Oh. So I bring in the challenge, and then I tap in the outcome that I want. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. That's really interesting. How did you get into this? Um, well, I had been in animal communication. Which part? The EFT or the animal communication? No, the animal, yeah, just everything. I mean, that's just one entity of it, right? But the whole animals. Yeah, I had a, a soulmate horse, you could say, and she was just so amazing. And this was one million years ago. It was actually in the um, 80s, late 80s. There, I would say she was my spiritual teacher, although I was quite a seeker at the time, looking for different things. I just absolutely loved her. And then she ended up, uh, I got an animal communicator, and I found out about animal communication then, and it was just, it blew my mind. I thought it was the coolest thing on the planet. I started taking classes, and that was it. So it was that soulmate force that just opened my heart and my, my world. That's beautiful. And so how do you help people, you know, with their animals? What are we going to learn in your book? <laughs> Let's go there. In the EFT book, uh, mostly huh. I have a few books out, but the EFT book, really, I mean, if someone is having an, a, a challenge, you know, it's like getting to the really simple emotion and understanding that we can help them move through this, just keeping it really simple, like the, I'm sad, or, you know, if, if you have more of a, a reactive dog, you might really um, go into, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm so alone in this. I'm scared. I don't trust my people to take care of me. Um, because often what happens when we have an, a reactive dog is is the person goes into fear too, right? Like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. is my dog going to do something? And so on the other, we're on the other end of the leash kind of forecasting how they should feel, you know, or we're compounding it if you will. So if we can get away from, um, you know, moving, moving the story at first into the, I'm really scared, I'm really scared, I'm really scared, into the, I've got this, they've got me. It, a lot of the, the outcome 
comes back to them feeling safe because that's that's the whole challenge. That I mean, that's the number safe. one underlying thing. I love it, Joan. How do we find your book, and how do would people find you? Uh, my website is Joan Ranquet, J O A N R A N Q U E T dot com, and um, we have uh, my books are on Amazon or on the site, and um, yeah, they're in bookstores. I love it. I love what you're doing, and thank you so much for being a guest here on the Kim Pagana Show. Yeah, please download our podcast and share our show with everyone and um, and why we're sharing you. So thank you again, and uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more. So thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, we are at the end of our show. And, of course, uh, I thank you all for being a part of this. Of course, I want to make sure that you uh, already have your newsletter. If you haven't got it yet, text us at 805-419-0008 so we can get you it. It comes in an email. We don't share your information. And, of course, I end all of my shows with a moment of happiness. And today's is, if I fall, I'll get back up. That's what it's all about. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you next week.